Good evening, friend, and welcome back once again to The Front Porch. My name is Dennis Rogers, and as always, I'm joined by the one and only Michael Daniels. How's it going, Mike? Oh, it's good. It's uh, cold out here on The Front Porch tonight, though. I think we should go inside sometimes instead of recording this outside every time. <laughs> I don't care if I, we have this. I don't know what you got down there, but it is 21 degrees here. Yeah. yeah. It's not warm. Yeah. I'm... I'm down, I'm recording in the studio is is chilly. It's kind of below the ground area where I record uh, when I'm not mm-hmm, in my New York mm-hmm. studio. And uh, <laughs> it's uh, it's usually you know it's it's usually chilly down here. But when as soon as you get moving and you're not just just sitting, it it's actually pretty warm. And I've been pre ICG ICG conning here this week, and it's it's been warm and nice and a beautiful time to be down here for the first time this week. I've just sat and now i'm getting chilly i'm like okay i'm not i'm not doing enough <laughs> down here it's, the, it's my little you should uh you should record standing up like i do oh i actually don't i don't always i for a couple months i was recording over at the house and i had a station you know table and and stuff there and i was sitting oh, so, so you're one of those huh you're one of those the standy guys I mean, it's literally the only physical activity I get because I, <laughs> I don't go to the gym. It's like half an hour away. So, uh, yeah, basically. The, the stand, do you do squats? Do you have a ball that you sit on? Uh, no. I do have a very tall chair, though, because the desk is so high. Which is, if I which sit, is pretty great because you got a tall desk and you just sit on a tall chair. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do, I do. You know, if I'm playing Factorio or something, I spend plenty of time sitting but uh if i'm playing heroes of the storm or some something i usually have to stand because i get i get fired you up you get excited about that blizzard stuff hey speaking of blizzard stuff there's some yeah. blizzard stuff do we want to talk about what's going on at that place oh that's the that's the big topic we could let's um let's before we do that let's take a quick second and do a little good times <laughs> Oh man! I know we talked about moving good times later in the in the show. I don't think we have too much here to talk about. I wanted to get a maybe a quick update on your ICGCon prep. I know you were telling us telling me last week about your uh, your many TVs that you bought um, to yeah, uh, my- to set up the full sports bar experience. Except of course with uh, um, sci-fi and fantasy films, not sports. All bar. Right. So how's how's that? I, I will say though that I do plan on using it for sports ball too. So just as a side note, but yes, um, it's, it's a thing. It's, uh, really nerve wracking. I did, you know, <laughs> this is something I didn't wait late on. I just didn't realize it was going to take as much time as it, as it has, um, almost a whole kind of how, not a whole house remodel, but a very big remodel of the house. Um, the, the, my, I have a basement that's downstairs and it's got my game room and my computer room in it. Um, and they're mm-hmm. they're pretty de- they're not huge but they're an okay size, um, sure. And but I've got all all my stuff in there. So I'm I'm completely moving my uh, my Sydney's old bedroom is completely been gutted and everything taken out. And I got recarpeted put in today. I'm moving my computer room all the way upstairs, emptying out this room, moving a like a. Futon bedroom lounge area with the TV, big TV in here, so it's be like a cool hangout ish area, and then op- opening right up more of the game room for more table to go in there. I'll have like two big tables in there to play games with, and then the big uh, wall with the TVs on it. It's bookshelves. So, 
so so wait a second this is this is fully like riveting to our listeners who've never <laughs> been to your house but does this mean that you're going to start recording Klingons and Dragons from your real computer I actually can yeah cuz that'll be that'll be upstairs right next to the to the internet even so so you won't so you won't have uh um discord updates every single time and i'm gonna have to come up with something different to roast i i I love i love how my entire house getting rebuilt is the the one gem you find out of that is that like (laughs) oh there's no more updates for klingons and dragons (laughs) you know it's it's human nature to gravitate toward the piece of the news that is most relevant (laughs) to me well yeah it's 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 a big thing and i'm uh, like i said i had plans to do this um to do these things for a while and and i'm one of those guys that gets an idea in his head and says, why not? I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm a single sure, guy sure. with my own house and I can like, do what I uh, want. Who was that? Was that Roosevelt? One of the Roosevelt's? I'm okay with being a Roosevelt. What, what, what? <laughs> That's one of those famous quotes. Like some people th- see things that are and ask why I see things that aren't and ask why not things that could be. And yeah. Yeah. No, I, like I agree. And the thing about, Again, being a single guy, bachelor, or my own maybe place. one of the Kennedys. It, uh, it might have been, might have been Bobby. The, uh, or well, the the thing about, like I said, being a single guy with my own house cut such stuff is that there's no one going to do it but me. There's no one that I have to have approval from, nor do I have to. That's that's true. Know. I don't know if I've said this on the show, but what the um, last year's ICG Con was the first time I had been to your place, yeah. and um, I I looked around your basement and I said, "Yep." This is a house with only one adult. <laughs> That's right. There's no 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 negotiations had to be made for any of these decisions. That, that is a funny thing about humans, isn't it? I I, I mean, <laughs> we don't want to go into that deep topic, but I, I've been married before, and and it was a it was a good marriage. It wasn't it was a ter- wasn't a terrible marriage for the most part, um, and for 14 years. Uh, and there's there's a lot of was it co- least common denominator with with relationships a lot of times it, it's that mm. you have to negotiate for this even the bathrooms and the things and it's not a ton but unless you're one of those people that just don't care about anything you know it it's it's you, there's negotiation sure, you have unless, to do between unless one things. one person just makes all the decisions yeah. i don't know for a lot of things that's probably for the best right sure. like i mean obviously you want to have you want to have things in common, like our friends uh, Dan and Whitney. They had a lot of comic book and Firefly kind of art at their place because yep. um, they were into the same kind of stuff, and that's Which always is cool. Neat. But, yeah. like, you know, we've all seen those houses where, like, everything's purple. Like, the siding's purple, yeah. the front door is purple, all the tile and the um, uh, countertops in the kitchen are various shades of lavender. Sure. And you're like... Ooh, this situation really could have benefited from a second voice. <laughs> that's right. That's true. That's very true. I, uh, I, I, yes, you're right. I can definitely see that side. My, my happiness is, is that, uh, you know, I, I do sit down in whatever room I sit down in the house and I, and I feel like, ah, it is nice to be in my place type thing, mm. which is, which is does pretty it, good. Does it spark joy? It does. You know, that's funny say? with all this re- remodeling and, and removing stuff. One of the biggest parts of this project has been throwing stuff away. Purging. purging yeah. and which, a good feeling. Which I do. I do purge regularly. And th- I mean, you don't like to, you know, be contributing to landfills or whatever. But, you know, we I don't I don't know if everyone's this way, but I think anybody who has experienced any degree of want and I'm not saying that I ever really have, but you know, we have a tendency to like hang on to stuff, hang on to everything. Yeah. And then suddenly you're, you know, 
you're you're moving down the path toward being a hoarder with a you know just a path between all of your piled up newspapers and your yeah, and your bathroom exactly and it's a it's a really good feeling to just like fill up a big trash bag carry it outside and you're like oh there was so much space being taken up by all those Amazon boxes. Exactly, exactly. And I, it's funny, I did have an Amazon box collection out in my garage, and sure. I threw that stuff away, and that was a good feeling. Um, but that that Marie Kondo, people are not getting the, the mm-hmm. reference of what's called Tidying Up, is the Netflix show. Uh, We're like the last ones to watch it, I'm sure. Right, Everybody listened. Right. <laughs> um, so the, the, the idea, she says, that you know, does an item spark joy? You pick it up, does it spark? Does it have some kind of, like, good feeling about it? And then it's, then it's worth keeping. Otherwise, just throw it. I, I, I really actually brought that to my head when I was going through my, my closet with a lot of stuff. And it it's a really positive – I think we've talked about this before, but it's such a positive approach to that um, that problem. Like – I have this conversation or have had with my family members a couple times. Pretty much any time I have to help some of them move, I give them a real hard time about how much stuff they have. And I have a lot of stuff, too, mm-hmm. so it's, you know, pot and kettle situation. But I'm like, when you're packing is the perfect – when you're moving is the perfect time because you don't have to decide, should I make effort to get rid of this? You decide, should I make effort to keep this? Yeah. But it's it's all this, like, all this shaming. It's so – um, reflexive to go like, why in the world do you have so many shoes or whatever? And her approach is the complete opposite. Like instead of focusing on the negatives, like go through each thing and does it spark joy? Not, do you need it? Not, can you still wear it? Not, is it sentiment? Like nothing that specific, just this, this very generic, but incredibly helpful, um, test yeah and it and it makes you feel you know it was just a good question to ask myself i and you know you have to be honest with yourself because i think hoarders will say that everything sparks joy within in them right <laughs> um because i you know i had several old magazines that i had kept forever and they were like a pile of i know they were i had a stack of handyman magazines and and i mm. and i got them and i hadn't read 80 percent of them right um oh yeah that's a good one too the like the guilt save. Yeah. I think, I think we've all done that. It's like, well, if I throw it away, it's, it's a little bit of, um, like a sunk cost fallacy. You're like, Oh, I had this and I was going to read these. And after I read them, I was going to do stuff and things. I was like all these things. And you have this, like this weight of regret and guilt. And then like, you obviously can't throw them away because that means you failed. Yeah. Right. And I was just like, no, it's not going to happen. Like you don't have to, like, yeah it's okay you know, it's okay you, right it's all it's 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 just life you don't have to spend your whole life you know beating yourself up over something yeah and and you and know, you, trivial the, the best part about it is is that you know there's a lot of things that for me to do these kind of purging and find these kind of things is, is when i'm doing something positive anyway like i'm i'm doing huge thing with sure. the house and changing sure. all these things and yeah i didn't get to all this garage organizing shelving and redoing sheds and stuff but I'm doing other stuff and that's okay. And I just, it allows me to do stuff like that and pitch it. Um, I, I, I had a box of wires and cords and miscellaneous electronic stuff that I keep for like, sure. Hey, I wish I had a connector that connect these speaker wires, that kind of yep, stuff. Yeah. As you do, as you do. And I, and it was getting out of control. Um, so I went through that thing and that made what sparked joy for me on that one was when it got down to 25% of what it was, you know, that I realized that I was keeping, computer parts that 
come with the sure. computer parts nowadays. Like you're you're talking about the like the hard drive power cables yes. that are not in spec anymore. Yes, old like old parallel port printer cables. Yes, um, all that stuff. Phone wires. Yes, you know for people. I mean, you you probably still have a phone. I I a, a land. I don't actually, landline. but I I, you don't? I, I used okay. to up till recently just because of of the kid. But now she's got her own phone. Um. Sure, I have like right, right. I tell you that what I have or, like five hundred um, yards power cords. I have five hundred yards of of coax cable, like you mm, know because cable because I used to run yeah. it through the house to get you know you used to run it from TV to T or to TV and split it off and stuff like that. But, yeah, if you got cable, that's what you do. Your cable TV, right, right. right. So I which I don't anymore. Um, so yeah, it was a lot of this has been going through getting rid of some of the stuff and and some of it was. Easy, but some of it was really hard. Um, I threw away some mm. like posters because I have a lot of posters that I want to put up on the wall. But I, the fact is, sure. I have a great space now to put posters up, but I only have so much wall, and I don't want to. And you just covered a lot of that wall with TV. <laughs> exactly, right? so. exactly. I moved <laughs> that through. Um, so I I kept some because there are some still places in to swap out pictures here and there. Um, but I threw some away. Get a rotation. Yeah, I threw I threw a mm. lot away to because like I'd love to have that D and D poster up, but you know what? I've got a D and D poster already. You know, so it's <laughs> it's okay. Um, so some of the some sure. of those are, have been have been good. But yeah, this this is a a good positive thing. And I'll tell you that the neat thing about after this weekend comes up for me is that the house is always you know in a new kind of configuration. And I always have tons and tons of like leftover booze, leftover food, leftover like I have mm. a house full of stuff by the end of the time's done. <laughs> and it's it's and then I just collapse on the on the, the bed for a week. Um, but yeah, just just sleep it. So off. you're you're going to be coming down and right you and yep, Andrew. Yep, Andrew and I are coming down. We'll have we'll have some good. Times. Hopefully, we're we're hoping to get a recording in, um, but. We'll see how that plays out because you know. Yeah, we'll see how set. how exhausted we are Sunday if we, like we did last year with uh, with Mike. Yeah. Um, for me, probably my my biggest uh, good times is that I got to join in with you guys. Well, you were late, so yeah, it was more with the other guys. But uh, in your um, Divinity Original Sin two weekly game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that sounded pretty cool. I, I hopped in on the end of it when we were messing around. Yeah, we're just to the. I don't know. You said you've been playing a solo game, right? Yeah, I've been playing. It. Yeah, or yeah. A, a couple. I don't know how far you are. Yeah, I'm in that. Are you further than the? Group? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm most of the way yeah, through. Probably. Two. Um, it's funny because I was listening to our last last week's show, and you were giving me a hard time for you know, um, you know, getting finally past the tutorial, <laughs> and uh, and I had been playing in the over the past week, yeah, and um, and I actually had gotten. So you get off of the island, or you get out of the town, f- the fort, yep. and then you get off the island, and then you fight a battle yep. on the ship, yep. right? Yep. Sort of spoilers. Yep. Um, and I did all of that, and that big battle, as of like Saturday night, or Friday night. Yep. And then I didn't play Saturday, because I was like, if I'm going to play with those guys, I don't need to play solo and burn myself out on sure, it. Sure, yeah. And then I got on... With them, and they had just gotten on the boat. They hadn't done the stuff down in the bottom of the boat, <laughs> and they hadn't done the big battle. And I was like, oh, you guys are 
not moving very fast at all. No. So, so <laughs> did you no, uh, did you did you play? Did you guys get to do some fights or anything last night? Or yeah, so so we did. You know, I decided what random mercenary to roll, and then we shuffled items a little bit, and we fought the two things down in the below decks of the ship. Okay, yeah, I know this. Yeah, um, and then we did that big battle on up above with with Dallas. That was when you got on. We were in the middle of that fight. Okay, so. You can see already how slow that group goes. <laughs> Just compared to like a, yeah. a single-minded, single-player person who knows what he's doing, and you can, you know, it's true. Right? Like in my in my single-player game, I'm controlling four characters, and so I'm like, okay, well, I guess I'll have him go over here and do this. And I honestly, when it wasn't my turn, I was I was almost tabbed out doing other things. Yeah, right. Like it's it moves real slow, and I'm like. Man, we're why are we, why are we, th- th- you know, overthinking this so much? Because like, it's not like, <laughs> it's not like we're acing it, right? It's not like we're power gaming it. Yeah. Like we're spending a lot of time on turns, and people are still just dying, getting one shot, and then we load up the save and and try it again. Yeah. I'm like, we could be going much, which is funny because and maybe it's the turn based thing, like. That's kind of been my experience playing games with um, Zon and Pete. Yep, yep. Is that they they are very much like gung ho charge ahead. If we're not right on the edge of losing all the time, we're not having a good time. And I'm like, can you guys slow down? Like I'm trying to read the story and do this side quest. And oh, see that that is my that is the opposite of experience I've had with Pete. Like Pete likes to to think every. 10 steps ahead he's like a chess player with every game i think he plays and, and like to i mean that doesn't surprise me he does but zon's the other way for zon all is of the play on play fast yeah that's true that's true you know from from all of my experience playing board games with them that uh that definitely definitely holds true so that was last night and uh the other the other one is i guess it's more of a separate topic but we're doing like at least two different topics with this good times. so um we, uh, my siblings and I got a chance, the, the four of us here staying, uh, at mom and dad's and we all went and saw, um, Alita Battle Angel. Oh, nice. Last night. Yeah, is last is night. that Battle Angel Alita or Saturday. is it Alita Battle Angel? I think it's with a colon, right? Yeah, but, I mean, it's Okay, so it's Battle Japanese. Angel colon Alita or is it Alita colon Battle Angel? The movie title is Alita colon Battle Angel. Okay, it is. All right. So I think the book has them like on top of each other or in different bars. It's really, or the comic book has them. Weird. Well, I mean, Japanese is structured completely different than English, so it's yeah. possible that it was translated either way. So Sid and I saw that. What do you think? It was good. I really enjoyed it. Was it was it uh, in your words anime enough? <laughs> um, it was very anime. It reminded me a lot of. Um, uh, Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Well, not a lot. It reminded me a little. Yeah, sure. Of Blade I, Runner. I agree. I actually felt uh, that way too. There was a part point dystopian where dystopian future. To mention that to the you. like the the girl, um, she's more odd looking, uh, and odd looking is a derogative, but she's more un. Um, I don't. I don't. I can't think of a more politically correct way to say that. Um, she's more odd looking than Joy, the AI hologram character in Blade sure, Runner. Yeah. But it's a similar sort of thing where I'm like, okay, clearly they're using like a lot of mocap stuff, 
but it's it's as much i mean it's it has a lot of similarities to anime where like the the some aspects of the emotional expression somehow come across more with a a, a strange a foreign looking face like a, the big eyes if that makes like any that, kind right. of sense that was a really weird way to say that but uh you know what i'm yeah, talking about yeah it, it her her uncanny uncanny valley weirdness is i think a very intentional thing i i think that she's supposed to stand out sure on, on there from other people um the only time that i felt it was a little odd well this is my only real complaint about the show in general was the the dad i think he's a good actor and everything but i don't think he felt comfortable acting on a cg kind of environment he felt like watching phantom menace kind of acting Whereas, hmm. whereas a lot of the, the kids and the other people that were involved were in the space and it didn't matter that the whole world around them was CG. It's kind of like they could imagine it and just were there. Okay. But he, yeah. had, he had a hard time really, it felt like, like even moving that ax, he didn't, just didn't feel right to me. So him, oh, him next yeah, to her that, felt th- weird. Those aspects of it, the, the stuff with him fighting, I agree felt odd with the other stuff the more personal stuff i'm gonna not really play devil's advocate but i'm gonna i'm gonna come at that from the other way Mm -hmm. and say that um this will be a little bit spoilers for the story but not not necessarily um i think a lot of that is intentional yeah like he's you know this uh this character she's a cyborg he sort of built her he's a he's a cybernetic doctor so, um, or I forget his exact title on his sign, but he's a, he's a cyborg doctor. Yeah. He, he's not a cyborg. He works on cyborgs. Yeah. Um, and so he is affectionate toward her emotionally, but not physically because of the history and all of that. That's, yeah. that was my sort of interpretation of that. The, and for, if you're listening and you don't want to be spoiled, you should, uh, switch forward passes because we're going to talk about skip ahead. Like yeah, um, I, I got to say that I did not know going into this show that this was a, a manga manga. I did not know mm-hmm. that this was a, you know Japanese anime uh, book for comic book for those who know, know what a manga right. is. Um, and I just thought it was a cool movie that was coming out, and, and I liked a lot about it. <clears throat> not until I was in the middle of it that I realized it probably was. It just felt like some things were missing. There was things that were quickly added and then moved on from, and I didn't know why. Um, yeah, they, a lot of th- there was little hard parts and pieces. Hard to really, yeah, it's hard to really pinpoint exactly what these were. But there were a lot of things where I was like, "Oh, that's a very anime thing." They just did. yeah, and and I don't know like what what that the purpose of this is at all. And then they just move on from it, and and I'm like, oh, and then all about right. three quarters maybe the way through, I realized that oh. This is probably a book turned into, or a book series turned into a, a thing, um, which it is. And that made, all of a sudden, that just changed my whole viewing in the middle of it. Like, this part that happens, I'm like, I, instead of asking, what, why would they, what is that about even? They would just, I, I got it. And I'm, one part I'm particularly talking about is uh, the boyfriend. Like, mm-hmm. he dies. And then, like, in a, a kind of a heroic-ish way. And then they bring him back to life only for him to die like 20 minutes later again. 
And I'm like, <laughs> right. I don't understand this. Why, why this makes no sense. If you're an editor and you're a director and you're looking to, for how to have flow of a movie, you just chop that stuff out. You just make him die once. Um, right. That's just the, the arc. But clearly, and I don't know the thing, but clearly he must, it must be a big thing where he come, he dies. He comes back as a cyborg. They probably fall in love. I bet you there's like a whole 50 books in the middle there where they're together. And then he dies again. You know what I mean? I bet you that's what happened, but it's a movie, so they have to fit everything in, you know, sure, in a lot of time. Sure. Um, and it's not um, like some of that is exacerbated by the culture difference between uh, the U.S. And, and Japan or the East and the West, as it's sometimes referred. Yeah. Um, although for I think in a lot of ways, and I'm by no means an expert on on Asian cultures in any way. I think in a lot of ways, Japan is one of the most Western of the Eastern countries. Okay. Um, up there with, with South Korea, but, um, maybe more than South Korea. Uh, I only say that because they have like a lot of their, um, like their high school years and interactions and relationships, at, at least, from what I've seen in anime, which of course is only a, a specific lens to view their culture, mm-hmm. um, is very conservative, very traditional, but in a like in a way that's very similar to like 1950s America. Sure. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, the original point I was going to make is that the the comic the the manga thing is exacerbated by the culture difference between Japan and the U.S. Um, but it's not that different from taking comic books to film, right? There are things that comic books do um, that are different from other forms of media that we see in comic book movies. Things like the superhero pose or oh, sure. a character standing up on a really high building or ledge or something. And sure, but, a but big dramatic. But what I think th- this one... Man, I do not want to sound like I'm saying bad things about this movie because I liked it a whole lot. But I do want to say something that, that did bug me. Was this this like a difference between a superhero movie that you're talking about that, that's been out, like say Marvel ones to compare it to, is that, that Marvel will tell, and they're very famous for this, tell a very short, specific story in their movies. You watch a Thor The Dark World. It's about one thing. Yeah, there's some other things kind of tying in it, but they're telling this one comic book comic book series story like between four books you know okay that's it or ant-man and the wasp you know or just ant-man you know you're telling just this story with him and this guy that gets out of prison and whatnot it ties into the bigger story of marvel and everything but it's just this one story when you watch a show like battle angel alita um or the dark tower they're trying to tell the whole story everything there is to the marvel cinematic universe in one movie and maybe another, or maybe three they'll get. Do you mean Stephen King's Dark Tower? Because you're really mixing metaphors. Yeah, Dark Tower. Yeah, that's what I mean. Dark Tower. Like, um, I will say from from the the various anime that I've seen, a lot of them seem much more comfortable with ambiguous endings than we are, especially in the comic book genre. And it's just it's just a thing. It's like how a romantic film, a romantic story, has a lot of romance tropes an action film has a lot of action tropes different types of storytelling um styles and themes and medium media have have tropes have 
characteristics that are common in that genre, if not exclusive to that genre. Okay. I, I guess, I guess, I, and I don't want to belabor this anymore, but was sure that Battle Angel felt like it was pieced together. That's what I'm trying to say is that, is that oh, it, I see. It's, it's, it's as if this story is actually over 50 comic books, which it was. So mm-hmm. I'm getting them now for Sydney and there's, they're huge volumes. And they, and they picked out highlights. Oh, I see the Dark Tower connection. Yeah, that, that there is literally this movie we watched is a sto- a thread, common thread that happens through 50 comic books. And each comic book has its own self-contained story. Or maybe three of them do. And this one is okay, just so piecing it all together. It's just a couple pieces. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Right. So l- let me ask this then. How did you feel about the ending? Fine. I thought it was fine because it, it felt like that it was, you know, a part one. Of something. Mm-hmm. Um, do you th- do you think you would feel the same way if five years go by and they never make a sequel? Yeah, I'd be I'd be a little bothered that they never make a sequel, but but not too terribly because I think that you know a director or writer they have to take a chance, you know, leaving sure. leaving things open, and sometimes it's a helpful thing that because you leave it open, it's incentive for the the company to go ahead and put another one out, even if it's not sure. so great. Um, case in point. Um, Maze Runner, it's not Maze Runner. It's the one where um, they have the um, oh Divergent, Divergent. That's it, Divergent. The, where the third one is like I didn't see the, either. Of those, the first but... one was pretty good ish. The second one was pretty terrible, and no one wanted it or watched <laughs> it at all. It was really terrible, so much so that they did not want to make the third one. And they said, "Well, okay, we'll finish it, but we'll put it on like a direct to DVD thing." Um, right. So the fact that they got a third one at all was only because this is intended and written to be this way. So right. just if Alita doesn't get a second one, okay. But I think that they at least wanted that and were trying to do that. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, we got to the end of the movie and I was like, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. That, that was just one story. Yeah. And, Whatever happens between her and Nova and the and the Cloud City, like that's a different story. That's not this story. Yeah, and and that's that's okay. I, I yeah, it, it'd be nice if we can have it. Another side bar that makes me feel not so it's bad. It's a little is bit uh, again to go back to uh, Blade Runner. It's like we talked about after that movie about how some stories don't need a definitive ending. I mean, there are plenty of movies that end with just a, you know, we're going to go forward into the sunset or not sunset, but like, you know, we're going to walk off into the horizon and something else is going to happen. And, you know, doesn't need a, a clear definitive conclusion. Okay. I, I would say I'm only agreeing with you under false pretenses. Um, The reason I'm agreeing (laughs) with you, because this is Libby would know this about me too, is that I, I, uh, I, I mentioned to her all the time is that I want the neat endings. I want an ending that tells me the whole thing. And this, and I'm not, I'm here, not here to say that Alita makes me happy because it, it leaves it open and I'm happy for that. What if make my own thing, close my eyes at night, make my own story. No, that's not what, why I'm okay with Alita <laughs> not having that. The reason I'm okay with Alita is because hopefully they'll make a second one and I can get more of the story and finally have a neat wrapped up ending. Um, and if they don't, I can go to the manga and I can get it and read the ending there. There's something to be said for that too, to bring in new readers, just like you said, Sid started reading it. People who'd never heard of, you know, what I assume is an excellent series. Yeah. And um and get to experience that story in a different 
format. I mean, you watch Marvel films, but you still read comics. Right. Like one one uh, form of media doesn't invalidate the other as much as some people like. No, and and one of the things about like the Marvel universe is that it's a really neat thing about interpreting things a different way so i can you're right i can watch do these two mediums side by side even with the same characters and get totally different experiences and they're different you know they're just i like that it's really neat to be able to do that so yeah i I liked battle angel alita um i kind of want to watch it again there's we're gonna go watch how to train your dragon the next one here soon Mm. instead um but i hope i can get to watch it before that goes out in a theater because it's got some great action scenes and the the Brokaw is finally getting Green Book, though I'll have to wait until after ICG Con because it won't open till Friday. Hmm. Um, so I'll finally get to see that, yeah. uh, which I, you know, thought was compelling when I, I mean, that won Best Picture last night at the Oscars. But f- just from the trailer, you know, I like Viggo Mortensen and the and the story looked pretty compelling. So sure, yeah, it's it's got its that that'll be my next that'll be my next theater visit probably yeah, I'm, I'm way behind on on my theater things i should be i should be going more often i have that uh amc thing i can go three times a week mm-hmm. and i go once every two weeks which is pretty terrible but i mean you're doing you're doing con prep yeah, and stuff i'm right doing now. Tons, tons of stuff but yeah um so yeah need to get back in the movies and hopefully i will be able to do, do that pretty soon uh sid's going on spring break here in about two weeks so maybe i can spend days lunch periods and after works in a theater who knows we'll see nice nice okay so what what okay that's that what do we got here hey didn't i start off with a topic about asking you about some blizzard stuff news and you're like <laughs> you let's you twist did. this and over it, here good news everyone it's a little it's a little heavy a little somber so i wanted to to push it back a little bit so if you're if you have no interest in games or industry or uh, um, development processes you could probably skip ahead uh activision blizzard which is a i don't know the official financial term for this kind of partnership it's a comp activision blizzard is a company title that includes all of activision all of blizzard and all of i think king the mobile uh publisher okay na- does Candy na- Crush. Name, name two two games that activision made just activision Call of Duty and Guitar Hero. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's, that's na- name name two that Blizzard made. Uh, World of Warcraft, Overwatch. Those are the two yeah. you probably heard of. Maybe Hearthstone. Right. So, so these are two very heavy hitter companies. Big, well known uh, uh, video game development companies. Um, a Blizzard. Just a couple weeks ago, Activision Blizzard, the whole, so the company as a whole, um, laid off about 800 people. It's a lot of people. Um, it's was that worldwide? It's worldwide, yeah. So a, a, a handful in France, a handful in a couple of their other offices, um, and the way the statement goes is they did an earnings projection, whatever. There's a financial term for that that I also don't know. Um, and they did very well this past quarter, one of their, you know, record-breaking whatever. But their upcoming next quarter, possibly as much as a year, uh, does not look great. Uh, they don't have any new games announced in 2019. Um, and the latest WoW expansion didn't do as well 
as the one before. So is, this, is this a surprise for Blizzard? Because they don't have games but once every five years. Well, you know, I don't know. It's all... I mean, that's like the big invest, thing you know, about it, right? Just from the, from the perspective of an investor, et cetera, et cetera. And so the, the narrative goes, um, they're laying off these 800 people, and they're mostly in, um, uh, like, support, customer support, community management... Um, what they what they labeled uh, less essential, which is of course no consolation to any of those people. And I'm sure you know Blizzard is a good company. They I'm sure they got good you know severance packages and all that. It's not like the uh, telltale thing that happened a few months ago. Yeah. Um, and uh, and instead they're going to be focusing their resources on development. Uh, you know, which is that's their that's is their good. core if, mission, right? Yeah, if you have if you have games that are that are declining, that don't have the same need. Actually, back in 2012, they laid off just Blizzard itself laid off about 600 people. Um, in they had a a call center, a tech support center in Ireland in Cork, mm-hmm. and they had basically automated away a lot of the. The things that you used to need a GM to do. Oh no! Like if you, robots are stealing our jobs. Right, robots stealing our jobs. It used to be that if if um, somebody looted something in a dungeon and you wanted it to go to somebody else, if you screwed up a loot council or something like that, you used to have to do a GM ticket to get that item transferred. Right, which is just like a database task. Right, and so they put an interface in the game where up to two hours. After being looted, uh, gear is tradable between anyone who is eligible for that loot. Right. Um, right. So that's like a thing that they probably got requests for constantly that now players can just do themselves. Right. And so that's just a little, you know, uh, like over hiring, right, that they had to um, roll back. Right. Didn't need it anymore. Um, and this is a case of of focusing resources. Um Sort of what I thought was m- maybe particularly relevant to you and I is this idea of um, Blizzard's development philosophy. Um, Blizzard has not put out a new new game since Overwatch. Um, and that was, when did that come out? 2003 years ago, maybe? Maybe 14. Four I was going to say, yeah, like 14, 15. Yeah. Um Four or five which is not ago. unusual in its in for, its for history them. Since, for them for them for them right yeah. this because is because it is unusual for the market of a company right this is not EA who you know puts out a Madden game every year and a you know um um whatever else they do all their sports games Call and all their and um NFL and NBA 2K and all that yeah yeah what's their they have something else like that that's not a sports game, but it's, that's not coming to me. But, um, you know, Blizzard historically has been a company that says we're not going to release a product until until we're happy with it, until we think, you know, their their quoted statement was always it'll be out when it's done. And that doesn't mean that they don't have problems at release like everybody does. You know, if you're. If you're in software development, you know that you can do all the testing that you want, and it's never gonna, um, it's never gonna be as 
demanding or as thorough as something really being live and being used by real people. I mean, not that testers aren't real people, but like actual users Mm -hmm. um, and really put under that strain. You know, you can close that gap, you know, to a to a certain extent. And then when something goes live, it's just, oh, we didn't account for that being that way or this many people coming from this direction or whatever. You know, I'm speaking in vague terms here. But um, and so there's a question of as the as the gaming industry and game games development changes um is that philosophy still valuable as much as it was you know when i first started doing software development professionally and not as a hobby was in 2006 or 7 and that blizzard philosophy really resonated with me i was like yes that's you you work until it's done and you're not, you know, you don't have some project manager hovering over you going, you know, this is good enough. Let's get it out so that we can, you know, move on to the next thing or whatever and just, you know, crap out half done stuff for the sake of the bottom line. Um, I, I see. I, but, I come down. I come down all yeah, over the place. I come down all over the place on this one. Um because I mean, I definitely see every side of this. I, I got to say, from mm. you can't discount sure. that this isn't a private company. I mean, it's owned by people who pay money, right. pay their they're, own they're, hard money to get returns. Stockholders that want to see profit. But that, and... see those words. I, I hate hearing those words because they they feel very political. Stockholders and profit. These are human <laughs> beings who give of themselves so that someone can create something so that they can get something back. It's yeah, just, they spend it's just some of a their social paycheck contract is what you do to, to buy a percentage of that company. And, you know, we aren't all Steve Jobs who could invest 10 million in Pixar and lose a million dollars a year for five years in a row. Right. And and, they, and this isn't like four people that are investing. This is stakeholders no. are a lot of people. I could have yeah. money in AEA for like 10 bucks and I want my 10 bucks to go to 12 bucks instead of going down to six bucks. Exactly. You know, it's, 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 that's their job and that's what they should do. So this is like a labor, not just a labor of love. It needs to do stuff. So from that perspective, I think that, you know, the argument of, oh, when it's done is such an incredible cop out because I see some companies put out games every two years that are stellar, that are amazing, that are every bit as good as Starcraft two, every bit as good as Diablo. And they're amazing. And they don't, have to get it you know they do it when it's done on a good schedule with talented people who you know don't waste their time playing foosball because it makes they have to wait for their creative (laughs) streak to hit them i'm just not i'm not a big fan in general that i guess my job requires creativity ingenuity a lot of thinking outside of the box on demand my entire career has been that way. They, I, I, sure. People come to me and say, we need a new site and we need it by this time. It's not like we need a new site. We'll wait for whenever you feel it needs to be done to be done <laughs> properly, whatever long that takes. I mean, it's a real world. Well, that you have to a, do things. And if you're course, good and you're a, talented, you can do that. Yeah. And there's an element of idealism in, you know, the way that I used to think of their when it's done philosophy, like there's not a chance that Blizzard does not have internal schedules and deadlines. Yeah. Uh, you know, without 
without resorting to, you know, things like in, in the gaming industry, they talk a lot about crunch where, you know, they'll make the developers work overtime, 10, 12 hour shifts in the last couple of weeks to make sure that something meets its, its publication. And deadline. I'm sure Blizzard has crunch too. I mean, I'm sure. Sure. But what, what Blizzard doesn't do is set an expectation and then have to either, you know, kill their employees doing it or push back a release date. Yeah, they're you more know, than happy to put the release dates back, you know, or not have a release date except right, internally. They don't, they don't share the release date with the public so that if they can't meet it internally, they don't have to, you know, deal with that negative PR of having to push something back. Which is good, which uh, is good. But which also means that th- that they're not they're not doing a good job internally on the first, second, third or fourth pass to get things up to muster. They need they their process is lacking, if you ask me. Well, I mean, I don't know. It just that that's that's all internal. I don't know anything about games development, especially when you're doing something new. You know, it's not Oh, I, I don't either. I'm just trying to be comparative here. And by the way, sure. Blizzard doesn't do a whole lot of things new. I love Blizzard, but they do the best <laughs> of something that's already been done. Um, but anyway, the 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 thing is, is that comparatively, I don't know what goes on behind the scenes or whatever, but when I still just cannot say that I've played three Uncharted games that are top notch, best of the best that they can do in the time that I played one Diablo 2 to Diablo 3. You know, it's or hell, I've played what's that like 10 years of times I've played from one company, 10 different titles that are the top of the best. And that's because Blizzard just has a terrible process. You know, it's like, oh, yeah, you can just give me maybe crap on your first go. Then we'll completely reevaluate it and rebuild it from the ground up if we want to. And when they're not scared to go back to step one, they should be because they're not getting their processes right. You know, they, I don't know, just if I'm an Activision Blizzard from a management standpoint, I would want to come in and say, you're doing great. I don't want to change your culture, but, you know, think outside the box with how your process is instead of, you know, just going back to square one all the time. I guess it's my big beef with them. Uh, the other side this that I like about Blizzard is that they do put out quality games. The one game every 10 years is fantastic and I do love it, um, but I don't know, Diablo 3 in me was not the best in the world you know <laughs> it's it's kind of funny that you i'm gonna go ahead i'm gonna go, go back on you a little bit here sure, because sure. You, you just held up uncharted as a shining example and like three weeks ago you were questioning whether it counts as a game oh that's not what i mean it's, it's <laughs> there's it, a big difference between a game like overwatch a competitive pvp shooter where you've got to have class balance and lag compensation and a single player linear storytelling not that the uncharted games aren't great that's not what i'm saying but you're it's a little bit apples to oranges. well no because diablo 3 was was held as a single player game with some multiplayer things not a, to be balanced around a billion things the same oh, way um, the same way that you don't that, you don't remember all the controversy over diablo 3 being always online it was a it was a it was a multiplayer experience i mean it wasn't pvp well, it, but it also completely failed at that right i mean they had a yeah they they had a real uh a real problematic launch. So, so but. ten years of developing a game that at launch did not meet the expectations or goals that everyone wanted, and they had to put multiple patches. And two years later, they finally had a game that was what they wanted to launch. Sure, I was. And I mean, I remember that it's it's a big company. They have different teams, right? Yeah. Like it's like if you're comparing it to EA, the guys that work on Madden are not the same guys that work on whatever other 
EA games, you know, a yeah. racing game or the Star Wars games or whatever. Right. I um, think I think the reason I get my, my little druthers in is, is is that they're okay to fail. They can also they're all right to not do everything perfect. They're just people and they're just a good company. It's fine. They they do everything fantastic. They get one or two things wrong. It's not a big deal. But they shouldn't be held up as the shining example of why it takes ten years to make a game because this thing we're going to put out is flawless after because it took sure. ten years. No, that's not true at all. They come out with a game that's great. It's not flawless until they put their next two years of work into it again. Sure, you know. Well, and and the other thing, the other thing Blizzard doesn't do is they don't, they never drop stuff. You know, EA did. That's very true. EA did a a couple, a series. I mean, there were two of um, real time strategy games based on Lord of the Rings called Uh Battle for Middle Earth. Yeah, you you cannot. Those games are still. Um, um, piracy protected and they're out of print you cannot get them anywhere ea does not support them in any way and they're from like 2006 yeah or something they're not very old at all and on, on you know and then on the flip side although that's Blizzard is years still ago, so over a decade but yeah <laughs> yeah well but by contrast blizzard is still releasing patches for starcraft one which is which now, is crazy yeah. not very often but they're still like people in korea or whatever having tournaments yeah i um, bl- that's 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 actually blizzard's shining beacon if you ask me is that they you can pick up a blizzard game start playing it and feel comfortable and in investing forever in it if you want right it's not going anywhere yeah, it's going to be supported for the yeah. whole time as long as they're a company so so <laughs> m- moving right. back out of this so they're 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 getting um they're getting dropping all these people but they're not they're just game i mean they're doing what they're supposed to do right they're tightening their belts they're it sucks that people are losing their jobs and no one wants to ever see that but you know i i i don't know what to say about that except that that's what happens in companies right when if right. you don't if you don't perform or there's hopefully this was because competition has gotten so better that people were buying other great games and you know you have to realize that oh we didn't do great because of our bad business practices so let's change and make it better or just saying like if we're gonna if we're gonna get to a point where we can put out a new game and keep releasing um you know for their for their service games hearthstone um here's the storm and overwatch, although they listed their comp- their um uh products that they are gonna be focused on, and mm-hmm. heroes of the storm isn't on that list, which is a bummer for me, but yeah uh they said I think wow overwatch hearthstone uh like candy crush and one of the other of course because it's activision blizzard uh as a whole and i'll uh for the benefit of the listener i'll link a couple of podcasts that i listen to they're uh the frog pants podcast and those guys are you know scott johnson is a is a blizzard podcaster from uh i don't know like 20 years or something from like way back from right? the from the beta of world of warcraft he's been doing this so right. uh they're they have they have a lot more well thought out thoughts and opinions than i do and uh if you're interested in more of that you can check them out yeah i'm i i, I like i like that hopefully it's it's a challenge to blizzard that they can you know look forward to this i mean i'm also in the in the the camp that ea craps out a Call of Duty every year. I'll admit I'm a dice um, battlefield kind of guy instead of them, but they do the, they do it too. There's a battlefield like every year, 
and people just like roll their eyes that that that, that happens that there's a, a Madden every year and it's the same thing but you know what people who play Madden love it people who play yeah. Call of Duty will continue and it's not just an insignificant number it's massive amounts of people no, every it's, year will I mean buy it's them. E- it's EA's equivalent of World of Warcraft yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if they want to continue to do those things as long as they're like there's really there's really nobody them. else there's nobody else on the on the same you know, at the same level or even close in the world of MMOs and there's nobody that I know of even close in the world of sports uh uh, simulators yeah yeah right? so i mean there's probably something somebody does i don't really play sports simulators so i don't know but right so that's okay i mean that's okay they're they're doing great and i i'm okay with a, if a company wants to keep it's always good for a company to have a cash cow like that to fund you know some more risky project like you know there are plenty mm-hmm. of things being made by small indie companies but sometimes you need more of those resources to make a really big polished system not always but you know it took it took riot a long time for league of legends to be really popular and really polished right and 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 i'm 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 really happy for i mean we we they're all evil and stuff as long as all of this stuff i mean they say they're really evil ea but they're not that it's just a company but the 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 thing is as long as it's done in an ethical way i guess is is the thing As as long as they're not firing people I, I was it the the recent thing with you mentioned them earlier uh that just telltale telltale games you know just leading people on into the very end and then just hey here's your you're fired you're done and it's out and we're over like that's like without severance just you know right. outrageous and, and people are going to be angry when they lose their jobs i mean i would be too and and i get it but you know it you can't take that stuff as you know oh my gosh ea activision blizzard is the worst company in the world because they fired <laughs> these people it just it sucks but yeah it, it's, it's life. the the um scott johnson and the guys at frog pants express this better than i can but the the thing that made this particularly difficult is that a lot of people and i'm i'm you know i'm guilty of this as well um a lot of people hold blizzard to a higher standard because they seemed to hold themselves to a higher standard yeah, And for them to do, this is not, you know, this laying off 800 people is not abhorrent. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's a thing that companies do all the time, especially at this scale. Activision Blizzard, um, this this 800 people is something like, they said, like 8% of their workforce. Right. Um, you know, so it's it's just a, at the end of the day, it's a numbers thing and a company only survives if it makes money. I'm not going to say their only purpose is to make money, but if they don't make money, they're going to fail and those people will be out of work anyway. You know, I've I've had a couple of different experiences I remember happening throughout time with in, when these things have happened in the past. One side effect can be that, you know, a group of uh, employees were terminated and let go and then they go out and they actually say, "Well, screw you. You left you you know, lost our jobs and they go out and and join other companies or make their own company and make other games. And you'll see like from the make the people who made this or whatever, this other game. Sure. Um, and, sure. and they make other great games for us to play. And then there's the other people who say, I know can't think of his name right now, but there was a guy who was one of the founders of EverQuest and, mm-hmm. and he went on and to, he was no longer part of them and they're going to, he's going to go form his own MMO studio 
and he did and it was terrible and it made it it barely made it to alpha and it was awful lost money and then just was fizzled out and yeah i mean you know you know the 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 cream rises to the top as they say like if if you have a good idea if you are a a talented i'm going to use the term artist cuz just the sort of generic term then you can you can make something you can have research there's already um one studio they haven't announced anything yet but um I think the guy's name is Rob Pardo from Blizzard has him and a handful of people started a studio called Bonfire, I think. Um, okay. And they're, they're working on something. Of course, Blizzard has something like half a dozen to a dozen teams working on secret projects. Nobody knows about, um, that kind of stuff happens all the time. But of course, if you're, if your project is more focused on what it's not, than on what it is, um, then you end up with uh, a Batman v Superman. <laughs> Very good, nice little pull in there. All right, well, let's let's move off of, of that. Yeah, stuff, but that, yeah. that's a, that's a good thinking topic about how the world of inside yeah. game stuff works. But it's a it's a complicated thing. People people get emotional about stuff, and I'm I'm one of those people. I'm not casting aspersions here, but let's sure jump off that and talk about our 2020 challenge so this week we had um mary and max I, I, you're gonna have to yep. tell me the, the the parts the who who wrote this directed this but this was a um and a claymation type movie uh-huh yeah yep uh, um australian than... made from oh, australian, 2009 okay. okay yep this uh is a story about two people who are lonely and have no friends. One is an eight-year-old girl and one is a 44-year-old man. The little mm-hmm. girl lives in Australia with her mom and dad. Her mom's a drunk and her dad's very disinterested. Um, and her uh, the guy, Max, is in New York. Is that right? He's in New York. Mm-hmm. And he has – I think he's got Asperger's and yep. has had some issues and can't make sense of the world and people. Um, she, he's, he's very strong. Um, probably I'm not a psychologist, but, uh, um, antisocial yes. behavior. And, and, and he, he just cannot get along with people. And I right. can't remember how did she get his name? She was like one of the Americans. I remember, but how did she get his name to write him so a letter? Her, her mom takes her to the post office so that she can steal envelopes. Yeah. And she decides she wants a, as they say in Australia and Britain, a pen friend, or what we would call pen pal. Uh-huh. Um, and so she picks a name at random out of a phone book from New York, because they have a bunch of phone books at the library, I guess, or at the, the post office. Yep. And she just picks his name at random. Okay, just just random type stuff. Yeah. Uh, um. This this show, it gets it, you, you look at a trailer or you look at um, I don't know just the the little bit from the outside, even the aesthetics of it, and and you think you know oh this is not for me or or not. It's about writing. You have to listen to the writing mm-hmm. and voice acting, I guess, um, because this the, the cadence and the way these things talk are just perfect. I, I particularly liked Max. And then, you know, Mary will kick in with her bit, start talking. And I like, all right, this is why I like her. 
Um, yeah, the voice actors are Tony Collette and uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, they... he's, he's doing a distinct. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman's doing a distinct uh, New York Jewish accent, so you don't you don't hear his normal voice. His normal voice that he uses in like uh, the Mission Impossible film or whatever. Right. Else. Well, the the uh, it's it, again. It's I wish you could just all you have to do is listen to five minutes of Max talk or Mary talk on there because they'll go back and forth. Was what happens? They'll write a letter, and mm-hmm. the, the the prose of the show goes that they're. Um, Mary's reading, you're reading the letter and then they have the claymation stuff going on as she's kind of narrating what had been happening. Um, right. And, and Max is because of the way he's kind of mental instability has, he just goes from one topic to the next topic, to the next topic, to the next topic. And, <laughs> and it's, it's all completely feels random. You know, what, do you yeah. think cho- hot dogs are chocolate? And I don't understand this. Have you ever had a fish thing? Oh, by the way, I work in this mill and, it, it's his life and the way he thinks it's i guess it's these two humans and how they think one an eight-year-old one a 44 right. year old asperger's right. one one is a child so she is curious and inquisitive in the way that children are and the other is this is this middle-aged man who's you know can't relate to people in any way um but is seemingly very intelligent in the way that i'm stereotyping here a little bit but in the way that people with Asperger's or on certain kinds of autism uh, um, are. They have this right. kind of hyper-focused kind of thing where they understand and they think about, you know, really complex, nuanced issues of, of existence and the universe, mm-hmm. but have no idea how to interact with a stranger at the bus stop. Yeah, and, and he does things uh, I find amazing. That that was very well said, how you said it. Like, he, he will think and talk about these complex, very deep things. And then on the next, his next sentence is that he, he talks about how babies are born. And he tells her that it's not from cola cans. It's from, like, nuns who are sitting on eggs. Because that's what <laughs> that's what he was told. And he took that at face right. value and moved on. Um, and which was really great. So... It's got it's got a a bittersweet ending. That was the word that you used mm-hmm. when I was trying to describe it. Um, this is you know I like happy endings. I'm well known for that. This does not have a per se happy ending, um, but I felt good. I felt good at the ending of this. Uh, I, I, we should have started off this by saying that neither of us have seen this movie, right? No, we hadn't seen it before. Yeah, so this is why we get to do a little description, like as if it's a movie we've never seen instead of the 2020. Um, this felt good. This felt good all the way through. And I just enjoyed the happy, interesting, but very challenging at times, you know, rough mm-hmm. parts had to there. Um, adventure. Right? It was such an adventure to to listen to these people talk, right? Yeah. I don't know... I don't know how many obscure films we're going to see on this poster, but this has got to be high on the list. Like yeah. I'd never heard of this. Nobody I know has ever heard of it. We we should ask our buddies at geek scholars if they know about it, but right. And I'm, I'm glad I'm, this is something that I'm glad this challenge and, and if, you know, listening, you guys are listening here. This is why this challenge, like Dennis and I wanted to do this stuff, things that we, we missed that some people have said, Oh, you have to see this or that. And we're like, you know, we just don't have time for everything. We've got a certain amount of stuff. This is <laughs> this is one that I never would have watched, but I'm glad I did. You know, I'm I'm real glad I did. You? Yeah, yeah it was good. I think 
it's it's funny i i feel more positive about it now talking about it after i after i set up our like three options last week of mm-hmm. of uh of bucket list or one-time watches uh favorites yeah. or frequent watches or oh, yeah. a hard pass which is a little too harsh like a um i don't know what to title this third category like eh not, I don't know. I don't have a good label for it, but I don't like it. I'll, wouldn't, wouldn't watch maybe it I'll again. come up with something like <laughs> not bad, but like if you miss it, you'll be okay, kind of thing. Yeah, right. Um, and I was kind of close to putting this in that category. Uh, if not that, it definitely belongs in the first. Like I don't, I don't need to see it again. Yeah. Um, definitely, if you are, if you're bothered by, um or triggered by certain types of of um like near suicidal imagery or panic attack inducing kind of things maybe not for you um it's very i'm gonna say existential Uh um so it's 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 heavy it's not it's not at all what you would expect from the the medium from the style of like yeah. clay animated thing. It's very heavy for that, uh, for that medium. And, and it le- it doesn't, the thing is, is that it doesn't start out that way or it doesn't, it leads you into it in no, a natural right. kind of progression, right? Yeah. You get the, the stuff is kind of serious, kind of dark, but in an almost comical way for the first yeah. act. Yeah, for and, sure. And, and, and you, it just feels a natural progression the way it does. And then it ends up the way it ends up is like, okay, you know, that was, that was yeah. okay. You know, yeah. uh, I think what was it, the phrase he drank his last, um, condensed glass of his, condensed milk. His last or his first, uh, it must be his last. Yeah. It was his last. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and I was like, uh, oh, okay, that's okay. You know, did you, I, I know we don't, we don't normally bring this up, but did you scratch off the poster square for this? I have not. That it's, I've got it sitting over there. I was I, I I was behind on scratching off Schindler's list, and I I scratched it off midweek, and I had, <laughs> I had not got a chance to. Yeah, there uh, for the benefit of the listener, the um, the icons behind the scratch off on the poster are some kind of mostly minimalist, um, like symbolic representation of the movie in some way. So like the the one for Shawshank is just the outline of the tunnel with the rock hammer. Mm-hmm. Um, the one for Schindler's List is a is a grid of like twenty people, and one of them is red. Yeah, the red the red girl. So the I'll dress girl. I'll I'll spoil it for you a little bit, but the the one for this movie is the little heart that says "Love yourself first. Oh, that's good. I was like, that's that's good. That's, good. that's more. It's a little more impactful than any of the other ones have been. The other ones, I'm right. just like, oh, okay, yeah, of course. Like, yeah, E.T. Right. is the moon with the silhouette of the right. bike and the kid. Like, of course, that was going to be the... This this poster, which is kind of like a big becoming a big part of my life these days. Um, <laughs> it's so funny that it's sitting right here on my desk. It just sits right next to the to the the thing. And I've got to find some place to put this up somehow. Just I can't... put it on the wall. It's like... Uh, well, I can't... I, I don't... I have I thought about that when I was doing this ICG con revamp. I had some stuff like I can just throw that on the wall. 
but I'm I'm 44 years old. I got to have a frame for things. I can't oh. just tape well, stuff up to the wall. You got to be able to scratch it off. You can't put it behind a Well, plastic. like I said, I got to have some kind of something with a frame. Yeah. That, I'm yeah. in a I'm in a what was supposed to be temporary uh, basement room down here, so I just I just did thumbtacks. Like, just thumbtacked it to the wall. There you go. Well, when that, we're done, I'll put it in a frame. Oh, then I'll definitely put it in a frame. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Here's two years of my life that I that I've got. Like, I'm not like this is not this. one I'm going to spark joy and throw away. Back in back in 2019, I sat through Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> I did it. <laughs> Oh but, man. Uh, okay, so what a good good stuff. I I would put this one in a, you know, you should watch it once type category and I and I'm okay with watching yeah, it if, once. Yeah. If if you're if you know, watch a trailer and if it if it seems interesting to you, if you if you at all enjoy which if you're a listener to this show, you know this is something I really enjoy, the like the way that communication, a written communication can 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 work can can succeed and can really, really fail. Um, not that, not that their communication ever really failed, but so many, so many times, like she would say something that would trigger him and, you know, and she would have no idea, um, you know, for a long time. It's, it's very heavy. It's very serious. It's not yeah, and comedy, they, but there is a communication style that that's a lot from each person, but it's not a back and forth, right? It's, it's a, right. she says his thing and then he says her thing his thing and they it and they answer each other and they talk about new things but it's not in a conversation ever yeah it's much more like we recently watched the lake house yeah. which uh did you see that one i don't think so it's um sandra bullock and keanu reeves and they both oh, no, live no. in the same house but two years apart oh i've 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 uh saw the trailers or parts of that movie yeah, and right. so like when when one of them puts mail in the mailbox the other one can find it Right. Except large parts of the movie are like almost conversational. Like he'll say something and she'll reply. And I'm like, they're writing letters. Like they're not responding that quickly. It's even more overlappy than, um, yeah, you've got mail, which is email. Like that's at least sometimes they're chatting and stuff. They're using, yeah, right. Yeah, what do they do? Write, write a letter with one sentence, put stuff in the box and then wait. For the yeah. Response. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's weird. This did not do that at all. Right. Um, no, this was this was this was a, a like you said a written prose communication type thing. So, so um, I think good writing, uh, good writing. We we didn't we didn't do this at the at the front, but what we should be doing um, is have a segment either at the beginning or the end of when we talk about one of these movies, so that we can say some non spoilery like rating or recommendation, probably more recommendation than than rating. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. So, so that's mine. If if you watch the trailer, I'll put the trailer in the show notes. If it if it seems compelling to you at all, if it, the the style and the writing, whatever, doesn't doesn't uh, immediately put you off, um, it's one to check out. It's it's serious and heavy, but ultimately uh, worth worth seeing. Definitely entertaining. Definitely. Uh, so we got next week is a little bit different. We've got. Uh, Definitely different. This is an adventure movie. This is Gladiator with uh, Gladiator. Yeah. Are you not entertained? I know this is this is this is one of the movies. Mm-hmm. Um, I gotta say, I mean for sure my top one hundred. So, um, I I'm, I'm happy s- to watch this one again. I've not seen it in several years, and yeah, I feel I'm, bad. That I'm I certain I've not seen this at least ten years. 
maybe 15. I oh, probably saw it a couple times when it was still pretty new and have not seen it since. So Time, time goes by quickly, and you're right. I think it has been at least 10 years since I probably watched mm-hmm. this whole mm-hmm. thing in its entirety. Um, but I, I'll tell you what, I watched it so many times back in the day that I bet you right now <laughs> I can still kind of go scene by scene through my head with it. So Nice. The music nice. and the, the acting and the, all of it is pretty great. So I'm, I'm excited about it. This is one of the few mo- movies that I admit liking that Joaquin Phoenix is in. Um, he, isn't he the bad guy he is the bad guy he's not one yeah. of my favorite actors He's I don't hate him but he's just a little overrated but I think this mm. one he did a great job in hmm. um, for sure I'm excited about that one so yeah Gladiator everybody cue that one up we can definitely watch that one and talk about it <laughs> oh so what, hey let's talk a little bit about I know we talked about on Blizzard stuff but we didn't talk about like games have you played any games last week well we talked about uh, Divinity 2 Earlier, oh, yeah, yeah. Did that. yeah. Um, still playing uh, Heroes of the Storm by myself. Uh-huh. It's fine. Um, <laughs> by myself, it's fine. I'm not that. That was not a passive. I'm just. I'm, I'm qualifying that. It's okay. <laughs> nobody, nobody is as loyal to that game as I am, and that's fine. Um, uh, what else? I got. I, I'm my... gonna say real quick that that game. I, I wish that I had gotten into that game more. Or that you and I had been better friends back when when it came out. Because I think that's one I really, really could have dove into. Namely because I like League of Legends. I could not commit the hour to playing a, one single game. Yeah, that's that's one of my my list of, of reasons that I prefer. Not least of which is just the Blizzard aspect. But, the, yeah. I mean, if if Heroes was had some of the things that league has that i don't like the toxic community and that's one of the things one of the other things that blizzard has going forward and it's it's not entirely them but it is due in large part to their their leadership and their community managers is that while there are still plenty of turds because it's the internet and yeah they're always going to be turds and trolls mm-hmm. i feel like on the whole they very often have um better community than a lot of games by you know made by equivalently large publishers sure right um and that's a lot of that is my perception you know i could be completely wrong about that they're definitely i i I like people who get on the forums just to complain about stuff in every community but i mean i I like i like the blizzardness of it for sure and but i liked that the matches were like half the time of, yeah exactly of, of that's a thing. big one that's a big so, one for me and, and it was always and it was also i think there it's been a while since I played it. it's also very um co- even more cooperative in the fact that like you have team levels or something right? yeah yes. yeah the it's, the it's team has a whole level so there's not as much uh infighting in your team yeah. which i think contributes to the less toxic environment yeah i I can feel that even if i'm not great or i'm learning or i'm doing something playing a new character whatever it is that that i'm still i'm still leveling up so i'm you know not falling behind in the power curve because of my ineptitude um so anyway yeah i i i wanted to mention that i so yeah i'm i'm still playing that um i think uh, Aaron, Aaron, and I seem to be done with our uh, our Factorio game now that we've launched the rocket. We had a mod that gave us a bunch of post rocket launch stuff we could do, but neither of us have gotten on, so that's pretty much that. Um, <laughs> it's like we're done. I mean, I get that that game you do did, so much, you feel like yeah, yeah. You spent. I mean, I think when we launched the rocket, it was something like 
like 117 hours or something. And Ooh, I was like, that's so much. It's like, that's like two and a half work weeks. I know. That's, so that's much. a lot of time. I mean, it's, we weren't always both on, but you know, right. between the two of us, um, I got my latest Gamefly game. That's, um, okay. The, the Spider-Man game from oh, last year. Okay. Yeah, man. So um, good that I reviewed I've, that from last year is fantastic. Yeah. I got, I got to play about an hour of it last night. I kind of have to, uh, fight, fight with Andrew for the, for the controller when he's, it's my PS4, so I could kick him off if I wanted to, <laughs> you know, I'm like, that's fine. You want to play as right. Know. Well, the, the, that game is just fun. I mean, that, that's the talk about something that sparks joy. That, that it, game, it every took time me a little while. Smart, yeah. Smart it took joy. me a little while to get a feel for the controls. I don't think I've played any of the previous Spider-Man games. Is there a previous one? I, I mean, my PlayStation Two, I think was was the yeah, first Spider-Man I mean, game. I mean, they had a couple of them years ago. I don't, you know, people yeah, that, talk. Literally, about I think them, it was PlayStation Two. That's probably why I've never played any. Of them, but, <laughs> that's um, right, right. It's not as, uh, you know, like I played the Batman games and the very similar, uh, uh, Lord of the Rings. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Shadows of Mordor, Shadow of War games Mm -hmm. with this like heavily telegraphed counter-based combat yeah yeah okay the combat yes the batman combat has the has the heavy stealth like like yeah you can rush in but if the room is full of guys with guns like you're gonna get killed so you really have to go around and like batarang and and zip tie them all up sure i agree um where and this this game game kind of has similar there's a little bit of that, but it's really like you have to really be reacting and dodging and countering fast. And it it goes very from like your third or fourth combat encounter, you're already facing guys with like taser wands and shields and whatever. Like it 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 ramp I mean, not that I'm playing on the middle, you know, the normal difficulty. So it's not it's uh-huh. not impossible. Like it feels like it's ramping as fast as I'm figuring stuff out and getting getting a better feel for the for the reactions and the instincts um but it's yep. uh it's fun it's i mean the traversal is very you know it's very spider-man like I've never played a spider-man game before but it doesn't feel like you know assassin's creed or what like you're swinging and you're going and you're running up the buildings and you're doing cool stuff yeah. and the music is all very cool and yeah in, in the combat, while while Batman, that, I mean, I'm glad you mentioned like the Arkham games. While Batman, you feel very Batman-ish. He blocks, dodge, hit hard, you know, knock down, mm-hmm, break mm-hmm. the neck type thing. You know, it's a break the neck, but you know what I mean. It's it's a uh, hard hitting kind of dodging and stuff. Right. Um, this one feels like Spider Man. Like he's doing flips and dodge the bullets and flips over backwards. Yeah. And, you know, Batman, and you feel like you're doing it. You know, it's right? Like, Ar- yeah. Arkham fighting feels very Batmany. You're like, he's gonna, yeah. he's gonna walk in, and he's gonna punch, and he's gonna throw, and he's gonna grab, and he's gonna just muscle his way around, and then he's gonna throw a smoke bomb and disappear. Yeah, you're right. Um, and and he walks like uh, the the combat cadence is that he's kind of walking while he's fighting. Right. Right where Spider Man right. is running and leaping and hopping and and when he has to get to a guy across moving. there he's yeah. yeah and if there's a guy like across the street he swings a web over to them you know it's yeah 
Yeah. Uh, and, and you do this under your control, which is super, super fun. And then outside of combat is the, is the, you know, the swinging is just like, just the greatest. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I know as the game progresses, you get, it's neat that there's so many options in the game with how you can fight and what you can unlock and stuff. But yeah, there's a you lot don't, of, you don't have to. I mean, you don't have to. That's the biggest part is that as you become familiar with how to fight, um, the the combat does get harder because there's adds different kind of enemies in and things. But mm-hmm. if you're really good at dodging and punching, you could just do the just the beginning kind of stuff. It'd be a lot yeah, harder. Most most of that um, kind of stuff, yeah. Right. But they you add dodge, these you extra jump, upgrades. You throw webs in the guy's face and punch it. Yeah. Yeah. There, there's like... Um, something like 15 or more different gadget type thing or web ways he'd get shooter things he gets. Right. And, yeah, I and I think I used one. one or two. I used one or two throughout the game that were my favorite. But right. I love that there was like 15 choices that I could go back and play sure. again or at any time switch to the spider drone or the taser webs or, <laughs> you know, web balls and grenades. Like, I, I'm never going to use all that because I liked my special ones that were cool. Um, but, yeah, that... It was just, I don't know, fun is the thing. Um, and the story is great. The story is engaging and interesting and only gets better as it goes on. Uh, yeah. I, it's it's cool. I, I know I, yeah. this was you yeah. getting it, but I, I get all, <laughs> you know, joy inside from that game. Sure, sure. Uh, yeah. It's it's, it's, play, it's playing a comic book. It's it's me wanting to play a comic book when I was a kid, you know? Yep. Like, yep. Watch them on, on the movies and I get to, get to play it. So it's, it makes me happy. You know, it's not, it's not dissimilar from the first uh shadow shadow of mordor um you definitely feel that like invincible not invincible but like overpowered dunedain ranger kind of you know aragorn fantasy without actually having to play aragorn yeah right and and you're in you're in that world that you love so much doing the thing that you kind of wanted to do as a kid and uh without without the thing about like being a kid imagining being spider-man is that you never actually do a flip over somebody's head but you kind of just imagine that you did right (laughs) um in this game it's kind of you push a button and he does those three things you're like yeah that's what i would have imagined you know (laughs) yeah yeah right for sure which is pretty cool uh good good on them those those are guys that i I mentioned i don't know how long this spider-man game was in development but as an example i bet two years that they they make this game and you know, make a fantastic piece of work. And I wish that creators and game developers and designers and programmers, engine builders would get more credit from developing the amount of man hours that goes into understanding what feels good in a fight. Sure. Is, is understated a million times because these people need awards. Those people that get up there for acting just yesterday on the Oscars thing are nothing (laughs) Compared to those writers that went in there and write how the, how he acts when you hit circle and next to this guy and sure yeah, yeah. I mean a lot of people said those that about needs- um, uh, Mario Odyssey which I only played a little bit of but um, everybody that I heard talk about it all the podcasters or whatever were like this is just the the best feeling platformer Mario game we've ever played. Um, and it's that, that stuff is I, not easy. Like that takes a lot of the new yeah. one for the switch. Um, yeah, it yeah. takes, it takes a long time. It takes a lot of work. I mean, even things, even things less actiony, like people say that about hearthstone, like I kind of burned out on hearthstone, but like 
before Hearthstone, there was just magic and like people trying to port magic onto computers that always either looked bad or didn't play well or or whatever. And you know, Blizzard did Hearthstone, and now everybody—not everybody, but there there's a dozen dueling card games out there now. And it took a lot of work for them to replicate or get their own version of something that feels as good as Hearthstone feels when you like slam a card down and it just like bam and it's this dude and he shields up his kind of thing it's you know that's a card game like there's no like reflex thing that you got to be concerned with but that that feeling is what is what the entertainment medium of a game is all about and, and as a guy that, that has has had to program in animations for web things, it's <laughs> it's a matter it's a matter of milliseconds sometimes. Milliseconds, yeah. You know, it, it, you you need to make this just just a tenth of a second faster, or that's too quick. You it needs to hang just a second to make it. You know, that's I'll tell you big decisions that are the the mad. first upgrade I bought on on Spider Man was the thing where you can shoot a web if you counter at the right time. And I didn't use that very much. And Sydney uses it all the time. The first fight I got into, I got knocked out because I kept trying to hit the perfect counter and would miss it. Like the window was so small. (laughs) And so then when I got the next up upgrade point and it was, uh, you know, widen the window for perfect counters. I'm like, yeah, that's obviously. (laughs) Yeah. Right. If I'm not going to respec and take something else, like I need a bigger window than that. My, my, uh, old slow hands don't, uh, can't can't catch that catch that window. but you know what that that's actually another good thing about like very well done thought design is that how, how do we make this very seemingly boring upgrade be worth it it's it's a boring it makes one already cool ability better all right you get a plus one to it no it makes it because when you got that upgrade you felt like now i'm totally putting webs in their face right now you're you're rewarded for your um, and another great example, literally every console RPG with upgrades that I've played in the last couple years does this. When you buy an upgrade, you hold the button down, right? Everybody yeah. does that. And like right. back in the day, it was just a thing. You'd click on it. And if it was, you know, Diablo 2, if you made a mistake, you're stuck. You know, it's over. Well, there, there was there was confirmation the boxes was the big thing, right? It's like, yeah, are you or it's sure? Like, are you sure? Confirm, and it's like, no. How about you hold it down, and then when it's done, it does something. It like, you know, rock thumps into another rock or whatever kind of sound effect, um, right? To confirm that, depending what a, on the theme what a the neat thing, right? Like that's a usability. I'm I'm a guy that works in a university that sure. teaches hci human computer interaction stuff and these people study that and like you know what confirmation dialogue boxes people aren't going to read even if it's like three words they don't read it and they go oh i didn't mean to yeah and then they do these like oh yeah if you hold it down for three seconds then they stop and like oh i'm doing something stupid you know yeah so cool so cool you're right everybody does that and the the little puzzles in the lab are fun i've done all like 10 of those that you get the first time you go back to the lab, I just did them all. 
Yeah, uh, right. Yeah, those, those are those are pipes. not too hard, but cha- again, had been like m- crazy man hours of testing. Is Slowly like, ramp up, and yeah, the difficulty's yeah. got to be balanced just right, and yeah, and yeah. not too hard, but hard enough, and that you feel satisfied. Um, yeah, like it, you do the fir- and you're like, okay, how does this work? And then you're like, okay, and the next one is like, all right, yeah, I know because I did this before, and then they're like, okay, this time they got to go in the right direction. You're like, okay, all right, let's see. And then this time, you got to stack them to get the right thing. And I'm like, okay, yeah, all right, that's a little bit more. The the difficulty curve feels very well tuned. You know, I'm a game that I've not played a lot of, but I've been watching play is uh, the Kingdom Hearts three game uh, because I bought that for for me and Sid. Sid plays it a lot, um, but it's comparable to what we're talking about here in that it is basically a collection of mini games. It mm. it is it is a massive massive game that I have no idea how it fits on a Blu-ray disc. Right. Um. But the, but every world every interaction it seems that she's playing a whole different game. <laughs> I walk in and she all of a sudden she's cooking. She's cooking with the chef from Ratatouille, and they're they're making. There's a whole system for new recipes and ingredients and mini games that you have to do. And then she goes into like the guy's got like a game boy that he walks around with. And he's got 17 different mini games in it with Mm. 30 levels each that are (laughs) like an old, I'm like really, and you get rewards and coins and upgrades and sure. And and the game is just overdone on all these mini games. Um, And that, that to me is something that made me stop playing it. Not that I want to stop playing it, but it it makes me be overwhelming. Yeah, it puts the controller down. It's like I, I'm on a path to get an upgrade to get the web shooter in somebody's head. Um, and I, I'm working towards that. And I get distracted by another minigame and another minigame and then this other <laughs> minigame. And, like, I never get back to the first minigame, let alone the fourth and fifth and sixth one. Um, I, that's probably a difference in, you know, culture who developed this game between the U.S. culture. Than that, sure. Um, but that was definitely... Um, something I noticed with that, as opposed to Spider-Man, that felt very, very natural the way it progressed with everything that I did, the storyline, the, the stuff, the progression. And um, I did Platinum that game, so that's that's one of my few Platinum games. Uh, nice. Yeah. W- w- worth it, worth the purchase. Um, For sure. Yeah. Um, have you ever played a, um, a turn-based strategy game like Divinity in on iOS? Ooh, um, I want to say maybe (laughs) uh, because I I might have bought it, but not played it for very long. Right. I know people talk about Baldur's Gate. Uh, The big ones people talk about are Baldur's Gate and Final Fantasy Tactics. Oh, I played Um, Tactics, but not on on iOS. Tactics on iOS, if it's not discounted, is like 13 bucks. Yeah. I'm like, I'm like, I don't know. An iOS like, game that feels expensive. Re- realistically, it's not that much money at all. But I'm like, if yeah. I drop $13 on a game and don't like it, I'm going to feel bad. Yeah, especially um, an iOS game that you just, you know, ugh. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, I have a lot of fun with Divinity 2, but I don't know how much I'm going to want to play it if we're also playing with the group. And maybe I will. Yeah. Maybe I'll maybe I'll get past that. But yeah. then I'm like, man, that's fun. What if I wish I could do something like that on my phone? But I don't know for sure... This is frustrating psychological thing. I don't know for sure if I actually want that. I'm like, am I going to be able to sit in the living room with my family and listen to a TV show and play a turn-based turn-based strategy game with uh, with a lot of dialogue? Probably not. Yeah, I, that that was my thing too. Is I, I think um, 
I, I at one point I started I carrying my laptop my, with me. I expect my my mobile games to be kind of mindless and yeah. uh, a, a um what do they call it SRPG is not that at all. No. Well, I, I, I thought that I would give that a try, and I started carrying my laptop with me for a little bit. This is about a year or so ago, um, because I'll go and get coffees in the morning, like at Starbucks mm-hmm. or a local coffee house here. And about an hour before work, after I drop Sydney off, I'll just take my getting ready for the world day type time, right, with a coffee right. or a tea. Sure, sure. And, and I thought, oh, here, I'll, I'll take my laptop, and I'll play. I'll spend 45 minutes playing one of these games. It was Pillars of Eternity is what I tried. Great sure. game. Um, but I just, it was the same situation. I just felt like here I am wanting to be in a relaxful, relaxing kind of mood, mm-hmm. place, space. And that's where I would have usually have my mobile devices. And I just can't get into a game that takes your full concentration. Full that you immersion can't. kind of thing. Yeah. Full immersion. I've, you need to be thinking about stats and upgrades. And- <laughs> I've been playing, um, I've been playing Divinity 2 on my new laptop just because I want to kind of put it through its paces before I get mm-hmm. out of the, the return window. Um, though I did play on my big monitor and stuff when we were playing uh, with the guys. Yeah. Night. But uh, I've not really traveled around too far with it. I took it upstairs for a while where I learned that, at least under my current configuration, uh, my brand new laptop will run Divinity 2 for about an hour and a half before the battery starts to die. No. which yeah, is I, probably I, not I went surprising. Back to playing. Like, there are not too many laptops that will play games for hours without a power uh, plug. Oh yeah. Well, I went. I went back to those. Those are the moments that I, I'm starting to coin Trotsky Trotsky times. That like that's that's the kind of games that our buddy Trotsky only plays as the kind that you can be in a coffee shop and kind of half play. Right? Sure. That, that you don't have to full. Full focus, but takes a little bit of time, you know, that you can do three things at once and be playing this game and still have enjoyment. That's that's a kind of a Trotsky game. Mm. Um, and I went I went back to it to those Trotsky games for the for my coffee time, you know, yeah. playing like battle lines and um, little things that, you know, I can stop, drink a coffee, look around, <laughs> enjoy the music for a moment, send a text out. OK, get back to the game, you know, stuff like that. Sure. Uh yeah, it's just a totally different thing. Hey, we're we're running long on this one, but man, I got so many things to talk about. Like we got to talk about Umbrella Academy, Orville. We didn't talk about Star Trek anymore. That's all right. We got <sighs> uh, Orville was a part one of a two parter, and I know you haven't seen part one, so that'll be like so we two, come back with two, the second two one. weeks because you probably won't see it before uh, uh, ICG Con. And then man, I wanted I wanted to get some geek on about Star Trek and the Mycelia Network, whatever it is, and Tilly oh, and yeah. her, yeah. I was going to say the week before last, you made a comment about them killing off the doctor, and then they plot twist with that uh, mycelium oh, thing. Yeah. No spoilers, but uh, yeah. yeah, not. I don't know. I don't know if I was happy about that part because I was happy with him. <laughs> I liked. I liked him and his character and the actor. But the, I told you, I liked the fact that they made him dead, and was like that was cool. Yeah, just uh, back, it's just whatever. Stamets is such a more compelling character of those two, which is. Yeah, and Stam and Stamets has been so interesting since Doctor's been gone. That, well, it's just like Tyler. You know, like Michael is so much more compelling than Lieutenant Love Interest. Like, yeah, she's more if, interesting. If he's not around. She is so better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and until and, t- and <laughs> I, we, we we need to talk about this episode. But I will say that 
Uh, I, I remember texting you saying something to the effect that like sci-fi has been missing this since for <laughs> like 10 years. This is what we need is real good news stories that are interesting and, you know, innovative. You know, somebody let these writers go to work and put it in a Star Trek universe. This is great. Right. You know, I, I love it. Um, so I'm really happy with that. And, and the, the only downside is that how can they talk so damn much when the Everyone's going to die. And they're like, let's talk for 20 <laughs> minutes about our feelings. It's Star Trek. Like, oh, my God. Yeah. They, did, it, they it didn't used Trek. to. But they're, they're mixing they with the They didn't used to be able to do good special effects, so they had to talk. Yeah. It's funny. Isn't that funny that this, this show is is really putting a one leg in the Abrams verse and one leg in the, in the normal TV verse <laughs> where they're like, high action, high CGI. Okay, but we're also talking a whole ton a lot, you know. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. The love Discovery still still going good. So we'll we'll talk about that later. It, it's good stuff. Watch it. Yeah. All right. You've been listening to Front Porch's episode 79. Thanks as always to our friends at Geek Scholars Movie News. If you, unlike us, care about the Academy Awards, go check them out. Subscribe, Geek Scholars Movie News. They will talk about that. Uh, if you like Star Trek, we just talked about it a little bit. And role-playing games and us... And our other friends uh, drinking and making terrible mom jokes uh, while playing Star Trek role-playing. Check out our other podcast, KlingonsAndDragons.com. Uh, mom jokes have, never get old. That's true. They don't. Uh, <laughs> if you have questions or comments, your thoughts on our movie of the week with the 2020 challenge, you can email us, frontporchpod at gmail.com. Or head over to our website, frontporchpodcast.com. We've got contact forms. We've got the schedule of the 100 movies in the 2020 challenge. Check that out. Um, if you enjoy our show, you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts. And while you're there, if you leave us a positive review, we appreciate that. Thanks as always for joining us. And until next time, I'm Dennis. And I'm Michael. For the front porch. Night. See you next time. Night.